Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Speak podcast. I'm Rick, joined by Alex and Paola, and this week we've got a special guest, Discord mod and Doom mod enthusiast, Uwe. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. So, as always with the guests, we'll be doing a slightly different sort of setup, so we'll be getting to know Uwe a little bit better, and then we'll be talking about what he's beaten, uh, what he's retired, what we've all been playing, uh, and then we'll finish up with his topic. And you lucky, lucky listeners, two games. We'll finish up with Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the guest's game. <laughs> and then we'll finish off with everyone's favourite. How long like to be the, the game? game. <laughs> hey, we were all on Beautiful. the game there. <laughs> yes, we were. And before we get into it, let's hear from everyone's favourite fantasy coach, Abitage about what's been going on in the last 30 days of the Fantasy Critic League. What's up, everybody? I'm Abitage, and this is your How Long to Beat Fantasy Critic League Roundup for April 2021. We had another relatively quiet month for releases, but a good number of pickups were made along the way. Right now, though, let's take a look at the current league standings. Once again, Funky Face Studios kept the top spot, despite having no new releases during April. Abisoft also stayed in place while receiving a strong 15 points for the release of Housemark's next-gen shooter, Returnal. General Goods hopped into third place with 13 points for the release of Near Replicant, as well as 11 points for the new Pokemon Snap, knocking both Horny Mistress and Noise Labs down a notch, leaving them in fourth and fifth place, respectively. Cockroach Content Corp also lost a place even with the release of Oddworld Soulstorm, which only added one point to their total. Frozen Frog and CD Projekt Rick swapped positions thanks to some updates to their overall scores despite neither publisher releasing anything in April. Meanwhile, CD Product Refund and Mango kept it warm at the bottom of the pack as they and everyone else had no releases during April. Now let's have a look at the latest pickups. CD Product Refund successfully acquired Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance for $5, leaving them with $40 left in their budget. Cockroach Content Corp successfully acquired I Am Jesus Christ for $2 and Aliens Fireteam for $11, leaving them with $49 in their budget. Noise Labs successfully acquired Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals for $25, leaving them with $55 left in their budget. Horny Mistress successfully acquired Weird West for $15 and The Outlast Trials for $20, leaving them with $55 in their budget. General Goods successfully acquired Age of Empires 4 for $5, leaving them with $80 left in their budget. And Funky Face Studio successfully acquired Chicory, a colourful tale for $1, leaving them with $39 left in their budget. For those playing along at home, that means that Funky Face Studios and Cockroach Content Corp have both filled all slots in their rosters, while Abisoft, General Goods and CD Projekt Rick are each down to their last empty roster slot. This gives those with more open slots a lot of opportunity to pick up good announcements later in the year. However, we should all pay attention to the slow burn of our previous champion, Pokin Paw, who has yet to see a release and receive any points. Is there a powerful beatdown coming? Only time will tell. We currently have six games set to release in May, including some first-time points for a couple of publishers, so stay tuned to see how it all shakes out. Thanks for listening, and back to the podcast. Wow, wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> it was. So magical. It actually happened in real time. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, do you want to kick off with the questions, Alex? Because this is very much your thing. Yeah, yeah, this is my, my, my interview time. <laughs> um, like the Canadian oh, no. Jeremy Paxman. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Um, or whatever Canadian equivalent. I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, so Uwe, <laughs> yeah. what part of the world do you live in? And how does that affect your gaming? So I live in Spain, and that means that it's in, if the world is divided into, into sites, between the arcades and cyber cafes, Spain is mostly in the cyber cafe stuff. So lots of, in my youth, going to the cyber cafes, uh, watching people play Counter-Strike, playing Warcraft, playing uh, GTA with my friends. So that kind of stuff. And also, maybe there are not uh, so many black markets for pirated uh, copies of video games and such, but it used to be, I don't know how it is. No, but it used to be that you went to a store and buy a, a PSP and they would ask, do you want it pre-modded or do you want it vanilla? So, and, and that's the regular electronics stop, uh, shop. Wow. And another, another thing that I think is pretty cool is that uh, there's a heavy emphasis into adapting uh, stuff into the Spanish language and not only professionally, and there's a huge industry behind that, but there's also a very big push of uh, amateurs that work with people f- from all, ty- uh, all type of Spanish-speaking countries. Nice. And I, I suppose you have the benefit of Spanish language being a thing that, that goes beyond Spain. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and usually if, if you read the comments in any anime or uh, cartoon or anything, the, the people would be fighting like, no, no, you're listening to the trash uh, Mexican DBC uh, dubs. You should listen to the Spanish. Uh, those are the ones. And that kind of toxicity doesn't translate into the translator communities that work usually in multi-country groups that I, do, I think that they do a really good work on cooperating and, and bringing lots and lots of games that are not games well, media in general that are not you know, in Spanish to a Spanish audience. That's really That's cool. That's awesome. And, and that was the thing with The Simpsons. This as well, right? I feel like that was a discussion at one point when like, everyone's got like... <laughs> it's the usual yep. <laughs> Their favorite version. Oh my god! Um, I was thinking that it's like kind of curious. Like some uh, Japanese games, like only have a um, Spanish fan translation in English one. Uh, for example, like Chaos Head Noah, uh, the BC. Yeah, because because the native speakers are. I I think it's top two or three uh, languages of native speakers in the world. So. There is a big push to adapting the this well all this media, and that's the reason that I could get uh, I could get into lots of games as a kid when when I didn't know much English. Nice, nice. That is great. Okay, cool. Thanks. So, sorry, I was thinking. I was like remembering. You just, you're talking about like the Mexican versus the Spanish one too, and like, well, I learned Spanish in university. But I'm just badly right but like i know french so i can like when i see spanish written out i can understand it for the most part right um but like my teacher was mexican so she was teaching us like mexican spanish and i remember listening at one point to someone speaking spanish from spain and i went is this a whole different language what's going on like there's just like these different sounds and i was like i thought i learned spanish i was like oh no yeah Um, i I mean and for the record uh, i was gonna say that uh, it's easy to understand uh, between each other, and the people that commenting about the subs, they are just being assholes. Right. Yeah. Assholes on the internet? Never. 
Never. Uh, one thing that is like kind of uh, interesting, like from a country that it isn't like either like Mexico or uh, Spain, mm-hmm. is like what uh, different like dabs or stuff we get here or translations in general. Mm-hmm. You could get Spanish translations or you could get Mexican translations. Like for Joseph, it's usually like the Mexican ones, but for let's say manga and books, we get a lot of Spanish translations. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like tell which media the person like consumes because of the different modisms between the different languages they pick up okay. or the different versions of Spanish they pick up. Oh, that is neat. Cool. Okay. Well, um, so what's your gaming background or like preference? What do you, how do you game? <laughs> <laughs> so I used to, I mean, I got into games with a, Mostly with stuff like SimCity and Age of Empires, and I used to play a lot in or, or, or play a lot and watch my cousins play a lot in my in my grandfather's computer because because my I think it was one of my uncles that had a, a Warcraft two in there, so we we spent lots of afternoons there. And then I well, I also got into Pokemon with uh, with a Game Boy that that was my my first uh, console. And I was mostly into PC until the PC I had was too old to play games. <laughs> but and then I I had a, a small a small period of time playing on mostly on Xbox. And mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, I got into into retro games and all stuff uh, emulating on on the PSP. Which I think <laughs> I thought it was pretty uncommon, but now I, I know more people that that got it uh, that got into uh, retro games that way. Yeah, and um, yeah, mostly nowadays I I just uh, use my computer for for gaming. Nice. Yeah, you sound a lot like I'm like yeah, that's very similar to my experience. Console, it's like it starts with like <laughs> PC ish stuff, and then you get like a Game Boy, and it's like yeah, Game Boy, and then you move over to the console. <laughs> I know. I, I always come back to PC gaming occasionally whenever I get like a new PC, and then like mm. in two years, I'm like mm, not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna get a PC for for other hobbies, so I might my might, might as well just play that. Yeah, yeah. If you're spending the money anyway, why not? Sort of thing. I look forward mm. to the day when I live in like a nice house where I can have an office with a big old good gaming PC. <laughs> One day. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> Take our second mortgage for the graphics card. <laughs> Did you add this question? This is great. So I just saw this question. Now. Why are you so incredibly handsome? <laughs> For those who can't stop it. Yeah, we're all listening. He just can't stop it. Yeah, he's got gorgeous locks with the beard. This has been a common... <laughs> um, a little Jonathan Van Nessie, you know? I'm getting a little bit of that. It's very good. <laughs> Does anyone, did anyone catch that reference? No. I was queer about eye. to say, is that a Canadian reference? I'm too British. No, it's Queer Eye. Right. Come on. It's a great I, Netflix no, sorry. show. Right, not. All right, it's fine. Not another of you watch Drag Race. I'm, I'm showing my... <laughs> My little like queer community isness right now. Everybody, look it up. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, what's your choice? <laughs> Rick's just losing his mind over here. <laughs> it digging. I know. That's what I'm good at. I dig. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was gonna make a dig dug joke, but I've never actually played that game, so I don't know if it would work. Stop it. <laughs> why don't we sit in this moment for a little longer all right so (laughs) i'm kidding all right what's your console of choice and why 
So, well, I, I just say that uh, since uh, some years I, I only have a computer. And as I said, I was going to buy it anyway for, for other hobbies. And it's also my preferred platform. So I, I like I, I like the, having the gamepads and mouse and keyboard. And so, yeah, for example, when, when the graphics when the graphics card died, I just played with integrated, integrated graphics instead of going back to the Xbox or whatever, because it's it's something I enjoy, even though I had to, to lower the graphics. And, and it's not like my PC is the, is the best thing ever. I'm not a, a graphics connoisseur, so it's 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 a tower for mostly for 2012. It, oh, oh. You know, with PCs, they, they are with like the ship of, uh, of the issues that you start swapping parts, so I can't really say some parts are from 2012, some are for 2014, and I think there's a graphics card for, from 2016 or so on the PC. <laughs> it just keeps but, but morphing. But it can run anything fine. Yeah, it, can, it keeps morphing and getting a bit faster and a bit faster. Nice. Nice. Um, awesome. So, okay, I guess you sort of mentioned, like, Warcraft and seeing that sort of stuff and getting, like, Pokemon in the game color, but I'm wondering, like, do you have a moment uh, where you feel like this is what got you into gaming? A single moment, maybe getting into more the Sim City and stuff that I got introduced uh, to the, uh, those games by by a friend, and in in that kind of game we totally align in, in what we like, and I think that talking about them and going home and then uh, to school back to my friend to chat about the uh, what what we were messing about around with and such, I think that that really made me a long a lifelong gamer. Nice. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, this is anecdotal, but it does seem like a lot of the stories about what gets people into gaming tend to revolve around some sort of social aspect to it, right? Like, there's that. I mean, yeah. same for me, right? It was Pokemon Red, and then talking with my friend, he's like teaching me how to do it, and I was like, oh, you know, and it like unlocks <laughs> that like moment in your brain. Nice. Um, and okay, the last story. What's the story behind your username? So, well, I think I have already told you that V is just uh, the, the name for the letter B in, in Spanish. Uh, and, well, that's my IRL uh, nickname. nickname oh. I mean, th there's no funny story behind it. It's just that my name has a B in it. So, and it's a very common name. It's like half of my friends are called the same. So, hmm. which get a different uh, nickname. And it's either a nickname, uh, uh, calling by your last name or or a mix of the two, mm. so so I'm I'm Uwe, and then I added like the same as uh, Dragon, because uh, the name is usually also taken. So I add a couple random letters at the end that are not pronounceable, and, unless you want to say like Uwe or something like that. <laughs> well, maybe I will. I'm now. certain I've that at least once. I'm Uwe. certain that's happened. <laughs> so it's a bit less likely that it's taken at. No, not always. Sometimes I still find that I, I I have to get a bit creative, but usually I get lucky. Yeah, the, the HJ is silent. <laughs> no. Completely unrelated story. Before we moved on, I recently had to muck around with my uh, my Ubisoft account because uh, I've got a couple of free yeah. games on there, and I went through about twenty different names that were all taken. And I ended up just typing, oh, my God, sort your username generator out. And, like, a, a fraction of that was accepted. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll take that now. So, like, <laughs> my, my Ubisoft name is like, oh, oh, my God, sort, or something like that. <laughs> just, like, all lowercase. Just beautiful. 
jeez, uh, that's good. No Jays, unfortunately, but yeah. Oh, sad. No Jays. <laughs> all about that, Jay. Well, why don't we move right along then? <laughs> so, if we move on to what we've beaten recently, uh, why don't we kick off with what we all played on Friday, which was Monster Camp, the sequel to Monster Prom. Uh, and what everyone listening won't necessarily know uh, is Uwe is a veteran of the monster dating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, clocked in quite a few hours, quite a few dates, certainly more than yeah, and, me and, and Alex. Totally my, my fault that uh, I got you guys into into the game. <laughs> yes, you did, actually. Yeah. You did? Yeah, so Uwe got Dragon into it, and then Dragon got me and Paola into it, and then it like became a thing. Um, yeah, curse you. But yes. <laughs> not that i think any of us are truly complaining so um yeah i mean friday was a bit of a weird one because uh for once i was the only person that got a date and normally it's the other way around i'm the person who misses out and everyone else gets it um so yeah me and me and best boy calculester are going to grow some succulents together (laughs) i i wonder if some are, are, are like some of them harder than others to romance because like i wonder if they're all the equal level. well it depends on what <laughs> it depends on what you mean by harder yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, well paula and i competed for one of them for for the thick lady thick goth girl lady there the witch uh, I can't remember what her name. that wasn't you that wasn't you alex what yeah you and i competed right yeah oh yeah but uh because it was like oh i think i could go for the same person it's like but but where will be competing they're in rules uh, against like competing and stuff and like oh no yeah well, it was <laughs> so we of... were like trying to get the same person so that you need to go there so <laughs> yeah i mean we both failed it was bad not <laughs> it was bad it was bad and it was a short game too though right and i feel like in the short game it's like i messed up on the very first one and i knew from that moment on i was like this game is a wash <laughs> Which is sort of tough, right? I messed up in the very last one. <laughs> yeah, when you when you fail to get a, a penalization, so it's harder to pull yourself up. So in even if we had played a, a longer one, maybe the results would have been more or less. The same. Right? Yeah, it's like oh god! Right from the start, when it happens so early, you're just like, huh, all right, well. I might as well. As, I really should have just gone for chaos at that point. <laughs> and camp definitely feels more strict in terms of the cutter. Like I feel like you can get away with a little bit more improm, mm. but like even overall, then with the drinks and the everything else, I still think that that camp is the better game. And prom doesn't have um, Professor Flodge or whatever they call him. Yeah, Counselor Flodge. Counselor the Lodge. best character in any game ever. Very good. Nice. So, Uwe, can you tell us a little bit, what, what have you been playing? you got a whole bunch of things that you've beaten here. So, yeah, I have uh, a bunch of games. Well, for, for starters, I know that you guys like uh, uh, to explore into the each games, each.io yeah. games. So I've picked uh, a couple. Uh, one of them is free, and the other one was included in that uh, each.io Black Lives Matters Jika uh, bundle with uh, thousands of games. So hopefully, I can I can give a nudge uh, to pick uh, some the uh, one game from there. Nice. So the one that was free was uh, Angerfoot, and it's uh, a game about shooting fast and kicking faster, a bit like uh, Hotline Miami with a dedicated uh, kick button and in first person. 
So it's it's a very short, it's a very short play, more like a, a tech demo, but mechanics are, are simple, but are, are polished and it works fine. And it's, you well, you control it like a regular shooter, uh, you can throw your gun and all the other keys in your keyboard uh, are for kicking. Ah. Uh, so it's a bit like yeah, kicking, kicking down doors, uh, throwing those doors into people's faces. Uh, depending on your movement, you make uh, different kind of kicks. It doesn't really matter in the mechanics wise, but it's just so you can feel uh, badass while doing so. And yeah, I, I think I got through it in thirty minutes or forty minutes. So it's it's an easy game to, to recommend. Oh, like and the music is. Game. That sounds very me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think he would. He will probably enjoy it. I, funnily enough, I already downloaded it, was... <laughs> so I'll, I'll get to it soon. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and the other one was uh, the Night of the Consumers, and that's the one that um, that was included in the in the band. And it's a, a horror game about working in retail. So mm-hmm. graphics-wise and such, it's a bit uh, those those games that that imitate the PS One will look. Uh, look. So it's a bit, a lot like Silent Hill in the sense that the bad graphics hide uh, and kind of make they do give it a, a spooky atmosphere. But it's, I mean, there's not like a killer in in the supermarket or no. The the thing that you are afraid of is the uh, of the consumers in the supermarket going, "Excuse me, where can I find it?" And you have to uh, restock then. The shelves, and you have a limited time, of, a limited amount of time to get through it. So each time you get interrupted by, uh, "Excuse me," uh, you, you are seeing a bit of time. So it's a bit uh, like running through the through the aisles, uh, hiding in the in the employee restroom, and then trying to do all <laughs> all of the tasks fast. And well, obviously, also if if not only are you losing time, but if you, if you fail to help these customers, they com- they'll complain to your boss, and you get fired. <laughs> now that sounds a very Alex game. Honestly, it's yeah. Bit, I didn't enjoy that much the mechanics, but the premise is solid. So, mm. Mm, recommend it with a bit of an asterisk. But if you got the bundle and the game is also pretty short, mm. I mean, it, it's long because because you're gonna fail a lot. But going through it, I mean, you can do it in seven minutes. It's seven minutes to for your final run and maybe 40 minutes to learn how to do that final run. I see. Right. Okay. And anyone anyone who missed the bundle, uh, it's less than $2. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was 130 euros. So, so pretty cheap. Yeah, so about 150. See, this is another one that I'm thinking I may well actually give a little twirl. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, like what it was oh, like when uh, I worked in the grocery store. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, I've also beaten my, my submission to, to automate, to automate, which was the, <laughs> the Cinderella phenomenon, which is also free, so easy to, to recommend. And I say I, I'm not a, a big uh, visual novel fan, but I do enjoy them from time to time. And I, I've enjoyed this one. It's a bit, you could say a bit, a bit cheesy, a bit tropey, but in a good way, I think. Because it pulls a lot from the classic stories of the, well, mostly the Green Brothers, so Cinderella, Pinocchio, and such. So it kind of line, uh, leans a lot into that. And the whole story is a bit, feels like a fairy tale. So if you don't like visual novels, it's not going to make change your opinion. And, well, if, if it has also a, a, has a pretty weak uh, roster of whose fandos, 
because for the first playthrough, for starters, two of them are, are blocked, and there's only five of them in, in the in the whole game. And it has the whole, one is your stepbrother, so uh, kind of... Mm. <laughs> yep. Question I don't about the other particularly one. like that one either. <laughs> the other one is, is trapped in, in a boy's uh, body, and, and, and I know that once the story gets going, it will go back into a man, but also questionable, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And out of the, the two remaining for the first play playthrough, one of them was a bit of a creep, so, so <laughs> I had the, the choices made. You're really yeah, telling me. Nice. It kind of like it guided you right to the one you're like, this is the one I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, because I went for Karma, yeah. So the one that is your childhood friend, or it's not really your childhood friend, but it kind of goes into that trope. Out of the two that I thought were okay, only one of them was available. And yeah, I've also beaten. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, Shadows of New York, which is the second uh, visual novel set in the, in the, well, Vampire the Masquerade uh, world. And it's fine, the story is not great, the art is great, and the, the vibe, the whole mood of the game, I think is spot on. And if you do like that, that's the only enjoyment you will get out of it. Recommend it if you want to get into soak the atmosphere, but if you are getting for in for the story, it's a bit better than the first one, but mm, no, no, I wouldn't recommend it either. So is that one for all uh, the listeners who are waiting for uh, Lady Dimitrescu in a few weeks' time? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a few weeks, it's the end of this week. Oh, is it? Oh, May really? 7th. Oh. Listen, folks, next podcast, you're going to hear some Resident Evil. <laughs> I was going to say three guesses which of our hosts has been counting down to get stepped on. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, I don't know. I've never seen like the, the tall girl thing. I'm like, is this? No, no kink shaming, you know. Everyone enjoys their things. <laughs> I'm very happy for no people who shaming. like tall women. I'm going to like you so many memes uh, I know. from that game now. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. What else have you been getting into there? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm almost done now. I've also uh, beaten K. Krieger. That's the 96 kilobyte uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, a neat like game, but it's the cool thing about it because as a game, eh, no, no, it doesn't have anything special. But as a tech demo, it's great because the whole game uh, weights, I think, a bit less than 97 kilobytes. Whoa. It's a fully 3D shooter with with textures, with the music, with the lightning, with with well, I mean, pretty simple, but it's way less than well, I mean, way less than anything. It's stupid how little space it takes. Although, I mean, it, it unpacks into a few gigabytes if the video is anything to go by. It's just that it starts out. It, so it unpacks even... into in into memory, into RAM memory. The I mean, the download you make on the internet is. 96 point something kilo. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, and yeah, and, and Rick talks about the video, and the video is way more interesting to see that the game is to play. But it's always cool to, to watch a video of something cool and then try it for yourself. And it's only eight minutes. And lately, uh, also, and lastly, I've also came, uh, been playing, obviously, uh, some more Doom mods. And yeah. I've, I've, I've been getting into mixing different mods, so I picked. Uh, Scythe, which is, which is a, mod, uh, a map mod, and Hellrider, which is a gameplay uh, mod, and they they don't conflict too much, so they work fine. 
and it's Scythe's uh, a pretty sweet mod. Uh, has lots of maps, but they are all really small. I mean, the first ones uh, maybe can fit in the in the first room you you play through in the in regular Doom. Okay. So they are tiny, tiny, very one note, but they take the idea and run with it. And the other one is uh, Hellrider, which is uh, a gameplay mod. It's very over the top. You have a dedicated uh, tomahawk uh, button. You have a dedicated button for sliding and kicking the monsters, and it's. I think it was a good fit for for Scythe, and I think it really has enhanced my my enjoyment for, uh, with the game. I just love the idea that like one you can't get your fix from one mod anymore. You've had to up your dosage. <laughs> <laughs> They must combine. Oh. <laughs> Dear me. Some like uh, Dragon Ball Z fusion vibes. doesn't have a mother addiction. He just can't stop like whenever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Speaking of things you've stopped, segue. Oh, why don't you? Oh, my oh. It's about your retirement. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't usually retire games. They well, I mean, they are usually just backlogged infinitely so uh, the last game I've quote-unquote retired is uh, Wizardry 6 which for those who don't know it's a a dungeon crawler and it's it's famous for being obtuse and hardcore even for dungeon crawler standards and I'm not even good at at regular dungeon crawlers so (laughs) I'm glad that I've tried it I'm glad that I've learned a bit of the systems I've learned about this type of game that I usually never get into but unless you are really into dungeon crawlers you're not going to enjoy it yeah that's fair they're very much a a genre unto themselves and I I like a few of them but they definitely get to the point where you probably need a guide as a regular person I I thought about using a guide but even going with a guide it's hard Mm. it's the, and, and just navigate, navigating the maps and the game originally had no, no maps even using a mod to have a map in the game I was still completely lost oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> Man. you have to get an Odyssey that is like the dungeon crawler to get into maybe not the original one like 4 on the 3DS is a really good start yeah, yeah. I know I, I, I know what I, I knew I was <laughs> you were ready for the punishment you're like i'm here <laughs> um all right well why don't we move along to what we've been playing given it's otomay do you want to kick us off pala tell us a little bit yeah. about, about diabolic oh, what the no. latest is there um, <laughs> okay i don't actually have the that uh, the mode of dw so i haven't finished like the third route i'm uh, going to right now that is uh, the road of a character named Lido. Um, but it's like the, the, the important th- uh, part here is like the voice actor, because this voice actor in particular, that it's like Hirakawa uh, Daisuke. Yeah, Hirakawa Daisuke. This voice actor voices like a very particular kind of character, either because um, the comedy is like attached to just makes him do that kind of character. And I'm scared. I am scared for my life because uh, this is like the one character that everyone says like, oh no, uh, this, uh, now this character pretty much gave me like a BDSU or when I hear like the voice actor's voice pretty much. 
So I'm like, I fear, I fear. <laughs> this character in particular, I already didn't like him like before because he kind of likes to get uh, the main character into trouble. Like, he's just like, there's like, uh, the air is kind of tense or anything like that. And he's like, oh, let's let's just fan the flames a little bit. I'm kind of bored, so let's see where this leads up to. And in, in his role, he, he isn't like any better. He's like, it is a kind of character it is, sorry, it is the kind of character that is like, okay, they are like very tearful, but uh, this character can say like the worst things with uh, a big smile on their face. And you know, everything is gonna go south when they pull like that kind of like cold, anger-filled voice. I'm like, uh-oh, I think I'm gonna continue playing this one later. And I haven't picked it up since then, uh, mainly because I don't have like, the, the modded beta with me at the moment. Moving on to uh, some games that I've been play- being able to play. Um, well, because if five, it is Picross. Moving on. <laughs> um, Animal Crossing New Horizons for Nintendo Switch because I seemingly can't get enough of that game, even though I, it's been over a year since it released. And I uh, logged in like today to get my turnips. Um, there was a May event going on, the May Day. So no turnips? Uh, no, there were, there were turnips, but there was also May Day, but you pretty much like are able to go into a special island, uh, that is a maze, and you can, uh, solve the maze and get like some, uh, coupons to redeem for money pretty much. And you find like the, um, the cat character Rover, I think his name was, uh, the one who welcomed you in New Horizons, and he was like the one who set up like this whole uh, maze thing. And it was actually like pretty challenging because like at first it was like okay, this won't take me long, and then I noticed that I wasn't able to uh, keep going forward because um, I ran out of uh, fruit because you need to eat fruit. Like to move like trees and rocks out of the way, hmm. and the maze relied on opening paths by like either like cutting down trees or like removing the rock that is like blocking okay. the path. And then I was like, okay, um, I can do this again. I can like manage my fruit better here. Well, no, because I got to the crafting bench and the material was locked be- like um, behind uh, something else. And I was like, oh no, I can craft the ladder that I need to finish this or to get like the axe that I see there. But no, it's like, uh, uh, and then I just got frustrated because hmm. then I got the axe and noticed that you can only like cut down like one tree. And it was like, okay, fuck this. One more try. If not, I'm done. <laughs> I did actually like get out of the maze, but it wasn't pretty. Frustration outside, it was like pretty fun. So if any, wait, no. I can't like actually like chat of the event because it, it, it would be like be gone point. by the yeah. time we upload this. Yeah. Well, great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, then Pokemon Soul Silver because I was like, wanted, I wanted to play like something that feels familiar and I did it with a twist. Instead of like doing a Nuzlocke, I pretty much like, um, Sticking to only Gen 2 Pokemon, and I really like uh, built my team on paper. 
no HM slaves, so the HMs are like integrated into the team. I can't catch anything that I didn't write down first. So I had to pass like the first um gym with Chikorita pretty much. The first team is a fine type. I remember. The second team is a back type team. Everything is a little bit more challenging because I'm using stuff that I wouldn't uh, normally use or I am not using stuff that would have made my life easier. So I had to get creative and use my togepi to pretty much like put the the, the team lead side there to sleep because it was being a pain in the ass. And then like use metronome to get lucky and get a, uh, anything that worked. And I got a bull cap and it was enough like to survive whatever the, the side there did to the poor togepi. And after like 10 attempts, I beat the gym. So it, it is like, and it was like actually fun because it wasn't like in a Nasdaq, but every battle like counts and everything is so fucking stressing. But it wasn't like a regular run where I just like uh, took my starter and pretty much kill off everything. Uh, so that has been interesting so far. Uh, uh, finally, and this is a game that I suppose we three, the regulars of the podcast, were playing that is Psychedelica of the Asian Hawk. I started like half an hour before the recording. Hmm. Uh, and I'm currently like in chapter one, like going through all the characters, like introductions. And I just love how the, the protagonist like thinks or how her, the, you know, like thought process and personality is. So yeah, what have you all been playing? Rick? Yeah. Well, so I've been playing Soul Silver as well, but I've not been such a man. Kissed about it. I've uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've just been playing it, but then again, it's also my first time, so it's uh, it's a different experience in that sense. This week, I've mainly been playing, and this is sort of a, a running theme of my playthrough as a whole. I've been playing mainly with the Pokewalker, so I just caught a Dratini through that. In fact, no, I caught two Dratini. So one has gone back into the game. I'm going to try and level that up. The other one I'm using on some of the other routes on the Pokewalker to farm for items and other Pokemon. I'm having an okay time with it. It's it's Pokemon. I, I sort of it's where I was expecting it to be in the sense that it's fun when it's not kind of boring or I'm not sort of lost of where to go, which has sort of been a thing. Once the map started opening up a little bit, I've had to occasionally sort of potter around towns trying to find out from NPCs what the next thing on the quest is. Uh, I think at one point I had to consult a guide. But it's okay. I mean, I don't have too much extra to say about it at this stage. I've played some more Rocket League, and I only bring this up because, and this is so unlike me, um, I 100%ed the achievements for it this week, which, yeah, for, for anyone who listens regularly, you'll know that achievements just don't bother me at all, usually. And but I was in the middle of some games, and I went into the... Oh, sorry, go on. The multiplayer achievements are usually pretty... I was going to say hardcore, but usually grindy or awful to get through. Are, are the Rocket League ones better? or? Well, the first thing you've got to remember is I've got 1,900 hours in that game. So I... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it, anything that's grindy, I've sort of already done by accident. And, and this is the thing with the achievements. So there are 88 achievements in the Steam version of Rocket League, which has actually been delisted since the Epic buyout. But fuck Epic, I still play through the Steam client. That's still the version I've got. So of the 88, I'd done 75 without having to do anything 
And so I, I saw this 75 of 88 on the overlay, and I thought, oh, I wonder what the other 13 are, you know, just out of curiosity. And 11 or 12 of them would just use X car for Y games, score A number of goals with B cars. Um, there were a couple where it wanted me to wear specific toppers on specific maps. So over the next sort of hour and a bit of gameplay, I just was swapping things in and out as I was playing as I would anyway and got up to 87. The last one was a bit of a grind. So it wanted me to play an offline season and win using a specific car. But what I did, because the uh, the AI bots for Rocket League, even on the highest setting, are dumb as rocks. Uh, dumb as a Shea Blunt, you might say. But so what I would do is I would, I would play for the first minute because it's 3v3s in the seasons. I'd get 10 or 12 goals up. And then I'd, I'd do something else for four minutes and just leave it on in the background and let the CPU take the wheel sort of thing. So I, 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 it took me, in terms of hours, maybe another hour and a half, but I was playing the game for maybe a quarter of that, if that. So I've cleared all those achievements out, and that is a pointless little thing that I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, um, I've still been playing Cosmic Star Heroin. Really, really liking it. It's really started to click the mechanics. It's nice in that, and I think I said this last week, it streamlines in a really compelling way because the items auto-regenerate. Your health tops itself back up after every battle. You haven't got a mana point pool to manage or maintain or anything like that. The equipment's very simplified. So everything's focused towards the world and the gameplay and what story there is. And it's good fun. And it's nice on the Vita. It's easy to sort of pick up and put down. Um, as will Psychedelica be when I start that. I haven't started it yet, but I will be starting it soon. Yeah, I'd almost um, liken Cosmic Star Heroine to Final Fantasy V, for me at least, like in mm. the sense where they're both games where I think they have excellent and very engaging systems and like gameplay things, and that the story ends up lacking. Like That's why I dropped Cosmic and Final Fantasy V, because I was like, no, these are both fun. Like These are good. It's just that there wasn't enough to keep driving me forward, you know? Um, mm. But like, cause I agree with you, like everything's saying, I'm like, yeah, it's a fun game um, and it's really worth trying out. But I do think it's, it's kind of one of these examples where it's like the gameplay is so strong, but I'm like missing some of the story. I'm like, just, I just want a little more, just a little more, you know, not, not too much, just mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's too early to say really how I feel exactly about that. My, my impression, cause I'm, I'm about an hour in, it just feels like sort of Amdram sci-fi at the moment. Yeah. That's the problem. It all feels very rote and impenetrable in the way that something that someone's just sort of thrown together would be. You know, there's various alien names and planets. There's different federations with acronyms. None of it's really sinking in. And that, that might be a little bit of me. It's probably mostly the game. But that's not necessarily what I'm here for anyway. So it's all, for now, it's all good. Whether it whether it becomes a problem later, we will see. Um, a game where story is completely not a thing is Donkey Kong Country Returns. And I have to say, this one's really sunk its claws in now. It, I've really found the fun with it. One of the big things was actually just switching the controls around. So I think when I started it last time, I had grab on the face buttons and I had um, ground pound on the shoulder buttons. And you actually use grab much less. So I've, I've liked it much more with grab on the shoulder button. The game goes hard in places. Like on each world, you have like five or six normal stages and a boss stage at the end. And then you have an extra stage 
that's unlocked by buying a key. That's fine. The, the currency for that, you're sort of showered in as you play through the game. But they also, once you've cleared all the main levels in each world, have a, a K world. So instead of 111213, it's 1K. I played the one in the first world, almost snapped my 3DS in half a couple of times, <laughs> beat it, and then decided that I'd maybe leave all the rest of the K levels. <laughs> hey. uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It may well be that I just can't get enough, and once I get to the end of the game, I really feel like going back for them. But as it as it stands, I'm just playing through all the normal levels, not worried about puzzle pieces. I'm just getting all the Kongs, and it, it's really good. It's really nice. It translates to 3D quite well. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm quite a big advocate of the 3D slider on the 3DS. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but it, it's nice. Particularly, there's a level in the second world where there's a constant threat of the wave that's coming from the background into the foreground. And you have to make sure that you're behind shelter every time that crashes through. And the 3D effect meshes really nicely with that wave sort of encroaching closer and closer and closer. So I'm having a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and then the last one, I've, I've not really played it this week, but it's still on my list, uh, is Scourgebringer. And like I said, I haven't really played it, but I still feel the same way I did. I think it's excellent. And I'm hoping that that, that excellence sort of maintains through the whole of the campaign. But we'll see, I suppose. Um, that's a lot of cases. I suppose, Uwe, you being on this week has come at quite a good time because in terms of, of gaming, I've not done a lot. Um, my ongoings are still fine, but I've not retired anything. And the only game I've beaten is one of the Metal Slugs, which I started and completed in the space of about an hour. So, but more on that one next week. Don't let me get ahead of myself. Alex, say Yeah, I was actually going to say, I'm sort of the opposite of you. you. I've actually beaten so many games this week, but... Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of you're, talk. You're on an exam. Come down, though. You're excused. Yeah, That's I'm going to okay. talk a little bit actually about a couple games that I have actually beaten, but I want to talk about them be- now because there's some stuff that the uh, you, uh, it'll make sense next week. Um, but basically, um, <laughs> Outriders, I've sort of beaten the main campaign sort of thing of it, but there's some extra things that are afterwards that I might check out a little bit just to like talk on. I don't really want to, but I might just look to see what it's about. But that game. Um, I, I gave it like an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, I think it's more like a 7.5. Like, I think that's exactly where it is, you know? Like, it's a it's a 7.5. Like, it is a good game. The online always thing brings it down a point or two. Um, and the thing is that it has a really interesting setting. And I actually found myself, for, for a while, there's like this middle part of the game where I'm sort of like, Ugh, I don't really care what's going on here. And then they start opening up this alien world that you're on and you start learning more about that world. And you're like, oh, this is it's kind of interesting. <laughs> like, you know, it starts to like do this thing. And the game is actually kind of at its best when it sort of takes its sci-fi self seriously because it has a clash of tones. And I, I actually wish it would have um, stuck with its more serious intention of sci-fi because I think it really wants to be this kind of like intense um, sci-fi game about like colonizing a new world and how it goes to shit right away. Um and what happens though is that you get this opening that is like really incredible and then you're dropped into this <laughs> suddenly the dude's all kind of like i'll kill P-, you know like and he kind of like it's just very irreverent and like kind of that like uh i don't care about anything sort of joking around that hammed up it's yeah it's a bit hammed up in a way that's like just kind of stupid but then it also wants you to feel something for some of its characters later and i was like i don't give a shit about these people man like you you've made my guys kind of hammed up why would i care about any of these people (laughs) um but the story itself is fascinating and um what i found though is a little tough so it has like 
it has a level up system, right? And I found out that there's a cap and the cap is 30 levels. Um, so I hit that well before near the end of the game. I was like, I, the other day I hit the 30 cap, but then it also has the world tier system, right? Where the world tiers level up. And as you like gain new world tiers, you can get better loot. And, um, you also like raise your level cap and also all the monsters. So effectively that's how you continue to level up. But I really hate this. And I don't know if this is a system in other games or something, but the world tier system if you die, your world tier goes down. And and like like a chunk of the bar goes down. And it seems like it's fucking random because I will go through and I will fight like four encounters where I decimate and I increase my world tier by like, you know, half of the bar. And then I lose one goddamn fight and it's like it takes a third of the bar off. And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, I worked so hard to get that up. And I was like, it's not my fault I died. I didn't know, you know? I mean, it, it still was your fault you died. Yeah, but like, I, well, sometimes, no, but it, this in is the In the most issue. technical of senses. In the most technical, but this is the issue, right? Is that in this game, there are, it's a weird game where it's a cover shooter, but not really because they fucking swarm you in this thing. Um, and oftentimes you're getting shot by like just so many people. And it, I, I really hate that system because often you have to learn like what's the layout of the level so that you can actually effectively go through and like kill everything. And then it's like you get penalized for trying to figure that out, you know? So it actually kind of forces you to play a little more conservatively. And like once you figure out something that works, you don't actually want to change up and explore the other things because it's like, yeah, but if I change and die, I'm going to, you know, fucking lose my a uh, bunch of my world tier level stuff and I'm not going to get to see some of the cooler things. So... I was a little frustrated with that. And like the grind from the six to seven and seven to eight is insane. Like that is the area of the game because you're also going to be at points where you're not allowed to upgrade your equipment because you've like lost your teammates for a bit. So if you get stuck with like lower weapons or God forbid you level up in the middle of that and all the enemies suddenly level up, ah, you're screwed or you have to like drop the world tier down and that's no fun, right? Like I don't want to drop it down just to beat it. So Anyway, I, I'm really harsh on this right now, but it's just because like I'm really enjoying, I really enjoyed most of it. And it was just like, there's like these little things that I'm like, I hope they can make a sequel um, because I do think this game is worthy of that. Um, and if they iron out some of those bugs, I think it could be like a really, really good uh, game. So anyway, that's me talking too long about Outriders. <laughs> also, I can't really complain. I, I was playing this for game pass it was free basically so i'm like whatever i can't complain too much um i'm also playing halo 3 ODST. Stop you, I did it. <laughs> yeah yeah still complaining um playing odst that awesome that game's great um my partner's also getting so good at this now <laughs> barely ever dies um but it's a really fun and like she also said like it's a nice change of pace from when you go from like halo 3 which halo 3 is still my favorite of them so far um but like it's this nice sort of like quieter change of pace and the story is so dumb <laughs> and like i mean I just oh my god it's so like action movie dumb but so so it's good in that sense but it's just like very much they're all just living walking tropes um but it's fun you know you're a human you're less powerful than master chief uh the stakes feel like more real um at least in the first half it starts to kind of fall apart in the second half but like because of the fact that you're sort of humans, it does feel like a little more like intense in that way. And there's just a better sense of scale, I think, because Master Chief's just so godly that like, you know, nothing really feels that like big and intimidating, but like in this one, it does. 
Um, I was playing Everhood. I haven't played much more of it, really. Just haven't had a chance to touch it much. I started playing Rain on Your Parade, which is on Game Pass, where you play as a little cloud, and you're basically raining on people. And it's kind of like overcooked in that sense, but it's like, but just a single player version, you know, where you have like the levels and it's like the physics based stuff. Um, and it's really funny. There's a really funny Easter egg level in there. Um, it's charming. It's cute. It's actually a pretty good puzzle game too. Cause like you'll have objectives that you have to complete. Actually, you know what it's like? It's like goose game. It's, it's basically untitled goose game, except you're a cloud. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly when, what it when is. When you were describing it, I sort of had Donut County in my head. Yeah, but I would say it's more like Goose Game than Donut County. Yeah, because Donut County okay. basically gives you Come like on. one task in each thing, right? It's just get this thing. But in Rain on Your Parade, it's like every time you enter, you're going to have a list and there are hidden objectives as well. And so right. it's Got more you. of a puzzle game. Yeah. Sorry, Paolo. Okay. You have my attention, sir. Yeah. Oh, seriously. This game is awesome. Like, it's it's really fun. It's only like, it's like maybe two, three hours or something like that to play. Like, I'm I'm probably already halfway through it. Um, and it's just fun. You can customize your cloud to have little funny things. I have a frog on my cloud right now who's just like cute and adorable. And it's like cardboard um, design. So like the cloud is like a piece of cardboard that's floating on strings. So it, like it has that like handmade feel to the entire thing. Um, it's really cute. I, I I highly recommend this one. Um, maybe maybe Paolo's Game Pass subscription's got to stay back to keep. <laughs> maybe. I uh, wonder if I have like a week or so left. Yeah, so, fine. So yeah, although it's technically that game. Although it is also on Steam, albeit for twelve pounds. Yeah, it's not very expensive because it's, again, it's a short little game uh, that's just kind of cute. Uh, I also started Psychedelica of the Action Hawk, um, which I will admit. <laughs> I was like, uh, I might have been a little high last night when I was playing that game. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, got this. I was like, what's going on? Was I a girl? I'm a guy now. What's happening? <laughs> I'm like, uh, it was, there's... I just wonder how you perceive like the opening movie. <laughs> the... <laughs> I was laughing <laughs> so of... hard. <laughs> I was like, anime. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, look at all these boys. I'm like, all right, let's do this. But I genuinely couldn't tell if some of the characters were guys or girls or not, though. I was like, wait, wait, who? Huh? Wait, what's going on? And, I, and then there was like master. I was like, wait, who's the master? Wait, why is he a master? I don't understand. Where does I go? Ah, whatever. This is interesting. And so I'm just like, I'm thoroughly lost, but thoroughly enjoying myself so far. <laughs> uh, what have I got to come? Yeah, I'm only in the first <laughs> chapter. It's a lot of, let me just say, the, the intro movie is a lot of like swooshing, swooshing, and like twinkly music we'll put it that way <laughs> that's the best way i can describe it is that accurate Paula? yeah <laughs> a lot of blues that's a tummy i'm excited what you were not wrong i, I was just curious because you were you were saying that you were kind of like high as fuck and there was like this um section of the opening that has like these like um kaleidoscope like um effects that it was like oh that oh yeah no lots of that i was sitting there going <laughs> "Ooh, pretty light it was like an opening to like a big movie or something like you know it was i was like oh, production value on this shit you know <laughs> they're going there so um i'm excited to keep going through it's 
it's intriguing so far. I'm like, there's something with witches and red eyes and things. All right, let's find out what's going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that that's me. That's what I've been I've been doing. Um, just lots of gaming this past week because yeah, this is my this is my vacation week before I start like my returning to a job that I had before I was doing school. So that's that. Uh, Uze, what do you tell us? What about you? What are you playing? So there are a couple of games that I've just started a bit. So one of them is uh, Blade of Agony, which is a standalone game uh, that it runs in the in the GC Doom engine, so not not the original original Doom engine. But well, for starters, John Romero himself was tweeting about how great the game is. So if your what was a mod and now is a full game gets a full endorsement from the original creator. I think that that, that must be, feel pretty great. Damn right. And yeah, it, so far, so good. I've just tried it for a moment, and it's more like a story-based, more like uh, the original uh, Medal of Honor. You have several objectives. It's a World War II uh, thing. So far, I think it, uh, it's excellent. Uh, we'll see how, how it goes. And I've also just uh, started, I'm, I'm close to the, to the start of uh, Shadowrun uh, Hong Kong. Hmm. And it's... I haven't played much of it, but I really enjoyed the the other two games in the in the trilogy. And I well, for for the people that don't know, it's a, a strategy tactics turn based uh, game. So uh, and what I really enjoy about it is the is the setting because it's near future, but I think in the setting that something happened in the I don't know if it's twenty uh, thirties uh, or something like that. And suddenly the the world opened, and there was the, and the fantasy world kind of kind of got into the game. So it's a bit like cyberpunk, a bit less futuristic, and there are like elves and trolls. And but yeah, I mean there are trolls and stuff, but maybe it's a troll that is also a hacker or a mage that <laughs> if you have two actions in the in the turn, one action is uh, throwing a fireball, and the other one is shooting someone with a pistol with a pistol. Um, and I'm playing an, an elf shaman where, and I'm, I'm getting points into assault, uh, assault rifles too. So it's, it's all about, uh, invoking the, the, the spirits of the earth so that I can shoot faster. <laughs> nice. My brain is hurting from that. <laughs> it's done. They're pretty, they're pretty good. Uh, at least the previous two ones and this one got even, even better reviews than, well, maybe so or so with this one. So I'm expecting the game to be pretty good. And it's worth saying, anyone who's been keeping up with the epic freebies, I think they gave away all three a little while back. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty certain I bought the first two, and then I think um, the third one, which is like Dragon something, isn't it? Dragon is it? the second one. Oh, right, so Hong Kong's the third one. Right, so I, I think Hong Kong's the one that I got through the epic. I'll, I'll double-check as we're going along, but There's also... uh, they've been given away, so... You might have them anyway. Go on. Oh, I, like I said, I've been modding my like uh, SNES Mini, right? And I, there's a Shadowrun on the SNES that I've popped on there. Which there I is. I think many people have played, but there apparently is. it's pretty good. To, to come full circle, I actually have a copy of that on my SNES emulator on my PSP, which uh, I don't know about you, but I still use my emulation. I've, um, I've got the um, Neo Geo Pocket emulator, so... Metal Slug Second Mission is is on the upcoming, but there, there's loads. I mean, it's such a nice if you haven't gone through the steps for a Vita, 
then having having a PSP with the emulators, most 8 and 16-bit stuff, it handles really well. Mm. And then obviously you've got PS1 native emulation. Yes. But it's, it's just a lovely system for that generally. I've derailed us, sorry. Yes, <laughs> what else have you done? You? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also been going through WRC5, that's uh, World Rally, uh, the FIA World Rally Championship, not to be mixed with the other game series that it's, that it's also called WRC FIA World Rally Championship, and it's also numbered exactly the same. <laughs> wow, that's dumb. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, the, they they kind of uh, fucked up the, the the first games in the series, and and they eventually get, uh, got good. So I got into the series with uh, WRC seven. Hmm. So if anyone wants to get into the series for some reason, well, f- first I'd say go play the the Death Rally instead. But if you want to start with either 7, 8, or any of the of the previous ones, and only go to the to the first ones if you if you want to see how they how they kind of progress through the games. They start making them better. So that, that, that was kind of why I'm doing it. I, I went to, through WRC 4, uh, and now I'm, try, I'm playing 5, and watching out the differences, the slight improvements is still not, not great. But I'm curious to see where... When I went, when I go to six, you get even more improvements until I get to to the game I originally played. But I thought it was perfectly fine I, and way better than these ones. And um, I've also been playing uh, Lego Harry Potter uh, years one to four. That's they are two two games, two Harry Potter games, and uh, one is uh, for the first. Four movies and the second one is from the others. And I've been playing it with my my girlfriend, and I gotta say that I understand what the Lego games are going for. But the thing is that I find this one particularly repetitive and boring, even compared to the. I, I know they they are easy and a child can go through them. And in fact, the children are the the target demographic of the games. The other ones, even the Star Wars ones, the Lord of the Free ones, they are very enjoyable to see how they kind of put this spin into the movies. I think gameplay-wise, those are miles better. This one is super repetitive in, not awful, but kind of, they all have a small open world, and here is the, the School of Magic, obviously. But you kind of go from point A, A to point B to point A, right? back to point B and constantly going back tracking and it's always like all the way to the east now all the way to the west now yeah. next mission back again to the east and it's not terrible but I'd say out of all the ones that I've played but far the, the worst one the Force Go Awakens one is actually like a good game because that one is more of like a game than a Lego game. I don't know if that makes sense, but like there are so many different gameplay things you do. I remember playing that one. And I was like, "This is good." Yes, it's more more varied, yeah, than the than the other ones. Yeah. So I mean, it's still charming to see the the scenes from the movie interpreted by the Lego people with the they don't even speak. But they did introduce the voice acting later on in the series, but for this one, they they are only doing grunts and such. And I, I do think that's charming, but. If you want to get into the Lego games, uh, pick another one first, unless you are really into this franchise. <laughs> the last one, the last game I've been playing is uh, Crusader Kings 3, which 
I haven't played too much still, but I think that so far for what I've seen, that it's a, a great introduction for for new player, uh, new people, new people to the to the series. They are famously obtuse, and even though I've played like twenty five hours or so of the of Crusader Kings two, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just improvising. <laughs> <laughs> and in this one, I went through the through the tutorial, and I thought it was, I mean, less obtuse. It does ease you into the mechanics way way more than, than the previous one, and even I, I felt like, oh no, no, this is easy. I'm, I'm practically a veteran, so I, <laughs> for the first playthrough uh, that I tried, I enabled uh, Iron Man. That's uh, no reloading the game. So if you fuck, you fuck it. No saving, basically, yeah. Yeah, save because coming. You can save and then go back in, but you cannot go back to a previous to a previous save, and it saves constantly. And I enabled all the all the realism uh, options that they, that there are, and I let them all enabled, and I bumped up the difficulty even before because I I'll tell you guys what, what I did uh, just after that. But even if I didn't do that, I don't think I would have uh, <laughs> succeeded in in the game. I I, I bite way more than I could chew. And <laughs> the game is easier than, than the second one, but it's it's still pretty complicated. But then, when I even after going and enabling enabling all the difficulties, I I, I was tempted by the uh, monarch creator because you guys you can change attributes uh, and how they look and such. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can put him. I can put some good attributes in this monarch, make it a bit easier. That and what reading uh, the list of the attributes I uh, I could put uh, on it, it was like, oh, so she could be a witch. And also a cannibal witch. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there will be lots of mischief, lots of fun situations that, that will arise from this. And no, I, I just started the game. Everyone hated me because I was a witch. Everyone hated me because I was a cannibal. And <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> and the playthrough died in, in like 20 minutes because I couldn't even save scum to, to save myself. So now I, I've restarted the game. Uh, no Iron Man mode a bit easier, and I'm trying to to form Portugal. So let's see how it goes. Nice. On that note, why don't we move along then to the topic slash question of the week? Uve, do you want to introduce this? This is the the topic you wanted to talk about. Okay. So the topic that I brought was cheating in video games. <laughs> so a bit about if. You guys ever cheat in video games? If you do, when? And then a bit about good memories, uh, me- memorable cheats, uh, cool ways to use it, and obviously the the flip of the coin, bad experiences with with either people cheating or you cheating and misfiring. Nice. You know, I, I think this is sort of like the not as fun answer, but like honestly, when I play retro <laughs> games now. Like, I would consider safe stating cheating, and, like, I do that all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I cheat my way through so many old-school games that I'm just like... Hey, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. I can't survive <laughs> this. Safe state sound, and uh, I mean, that clap, too. To add to that, the uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Emulator has a feature where you can literally just rewind, which mm. I think some of the, like, the collections add as well. 
Mm-hmm. And I I sort of banned that to one of the triggers, so I could just be like, nope, let's go again. Nope, not that way. Nope, one more try. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, one thing that I will, I'll, I also think back to when I was a kid, like I, man, whenever we played shooters together, coach co-op, you bet I screen cheated, like a screen peek all the time, <laughs> you know, like, because come on, they're all doing it. They're like, don't do it. And I was like, oh, how'd you find me? You know, <laughs> I suddenly see it. And like, honestly, it made it more fun because realistically when you're screen cheating you know it's not like you automatically know where they are you have to have like a pretty good understanding of what the map looks like like where everything is in order to figure it out you know screen people are barely cheating like that is a real gray area because when you're looking at that screen you're not looking at yours like mm-hmm. yeah i, I was going to say that there's an actual video game called uh, screen cheat where there is a multiplayer and you everyone is invisible and the other the only way to to know where people are is to look into the screens. That's so, uh, brilliant. And and it's pretty fun. Yeah, I love that. Man, once 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 we're in the after times, I have to play some coach co-op again. <laughs> the after times. <laughs> that, that's how I've been calling it. Yeah. I know it's barely cheating, but it it technically is, right? <laughs> but I was gonna say actually, this is something that I, I, I do get sort of sad about is because like back in the day, you know, games would come with cheats like built into them, right? Like, I mean, I think of the GTAs yeah. and everything, which they still kind of do that. But like, you could like unlock so many things. Like, it would be like, oh, there's a cheat for unlimited lives, and there's a cheat for this. There's a cheat for like big heads and stuff. Like, remember that was a thing where it'd be like, uh, and Tony Hawk games would do this all the time. Now you could have big heads, or you could have like big skaters, or like you know little ones, and like you could do all this other stuff. And like now it's just kind of like they're like, eh, modders will do it. And so, you know what I mean? Or you can pay as one pound nineteen to have that slide. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember playing like Jack Three with a tiny head, one of the cheats. That was quite fun, and it's just like the body and then this little dot where his head's supposed to be. But this this is the thing, like outside of stuff that's already built in, whether that's to the emulator or to the game itself, I don't really cheat. I've never I've never felt the compulsion. The multiplayer stuff I play, like without being arrogant, I'm like good enough to enjoy without feeling the need to cheat. Because I mean, if you if you talk about things like Call of Duty, for example, and Warzone's got a rampant cheater problem the people who cheat are pretty bad at the game that's why they're cheating that's why they have to cheat and it's funny because you can see if it's war hacks they're using for example you can see when they get into firefight situations that they're actually not that good it's you're using it as a crutch in those situations so i for one reason or another have never felt the need to look for cheats so i'm I'm, sorry i'm sort of a Bad, I was just going to say I'm a bad candidate for this question. I don't. I was just going to say, though, you're bringing up, like, PTSD for me. Fucking cod, man. Oh, my God. The cheaters in that, <laughs> those games. Man, they're the worst. Like, I, I remember I was, like, when I was, you know, younger. In my earlier college days, I played lots of cod because, you know, I was a boy and fucking... <clears throat> in college, so obviously I played Call of Duty. And, like, I was pretty good at it, I think, too. But, my God... There was just so many cheaters in that game. Like, it was just insane. Like, every time, there would just be... And in ways where it's like, you know, like, as simple as, like, spawning and I'm like, and I'm already dead. What? (laughs) Um, Versus, like, people who just straight up cheated. Like, you're like, hey, did that guy just go through the walls? And you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I don't know. What about you, Paola? Warzone's terrible for it, though, because it's Mm -hmm. just before we move on to Paola. Because the map's so big, You'll get sniped from halfway across the map, and like the aimbots calculated the drop and the everything. It's like, all right, that was a legitimate shot that was totally made on purpose. I believe that. Mm. Or like the ones where um, 
there's one specific one I remember we played. We got to like the top 10 and the guy had 25 kills or something like that, which is stupid for Warzone. If you're, if you're playing as trios, it's kind of crazy if you get that number of kills between the whole team in a winning game. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, and he had about that many people watching his camera because everyone knew he was cheating. <laughs> and, and he'd be looking in one direction and there'd be someone behind him and his camera would immediately zip around and shoot at like this three pixel thing that apparently was a person. And it, it's just so more obnoxious than even on a on a team deathmatch map. You can tell, like on a bigger map, it's just obvious. But yeah, sorry, Pala, jump in. I usually like don't shoot in games because it, I don't know. Like at some point, I picked up this like, oh, I need to do it like by myself, otherwise it doesn't count. But I do do like the safe side thing, especially like in all platformer games, because I have only so much patience for that. And only so much time too, but some are more, some, please less of a cheat, but, uh, I'm more like activating a glitch. And that was to get Mew on the red, blue, yellow, um, Pokemon games. Or also, I don't know how. I think it was like connecting like to some server or something like that. And in Pokemon Platinum, you could get like these, I think there are tickets or items that are activated like the, uh, event legendary ev- events well or quest and so since i got late to the party with the fourth generation of pokemon i have to resort to connecting to that uh, server and to get like the legendaries and finding like completed pokedex and the other uh instances where i like use like a code or stuff like that i remember like in work of three uh, the reign of chaos there was like this one a uh, quest that was I think it was named the Scorch or something like that, where you have to defend a city that had like two or three entrances and, and that were like, um, attacking from all fronts, like in waves or at the same time. It doesn't really. And you have to survive. Like, I don't remember. It was like half an hour or 45 minutes. I actually tried to cheat and get like more resources to actually survive this stage. At the time I was 10. So I wasn't like really skilled at a game. I was learning how to play it and stuff like that. And I got the resources and it didn't help me a lot at all because I had to like learn to actually manage my army to do the things as effective as possible. So I was like, well, there goes that. Um, and the, uh, and then like the only like, um, instances where I use like the, uh, resources to or stuff like that in Warcraft 3 was to, just like strategies but in single player like i didn't want to go to the, like the entire game so i pretty much like use a cheat go to like a uh, late game kind of base and then like try to see like which strategies were better counters and stuff like that i i'm finding like the sims too because like i remember playing the sims and there was uh, there are like a lot of cheats like to just do whatever you freaking want and it is beautiful and uh, that kind of game oh, is like, yeah. it is like fun at the start, but then it's like, oh, nothing interesting is uh, working. So let's build a mansion. And then it's like, you know what? You, you've seen like the, those, um, PVG uh, videos on to kill a character or to kill an avatar. Uh, I very much like do whatever he did and set up like these death games with my, with my team or just, uh, set up like uh, stuff to cause general chaos on, on the Sims house because I was like, I don't know. It was like weird. Like 
every sim character like um indulges in a little bit of sin genocide and you can't you you can't prove otherwise <laughs> it's okay um, we've all done it cheats <laughs> <laughs> to kind of break the restrictions of the game so you could cheat and then move stuff that you couldn't without the moving space i mean or put stuff in places where there are restrictions and kind of merge a bit objects or move the teams to from one place to another and i think those kind of they they really open the opportunities of well not only mischief messing around in general hmm. something though yeah. uh, on the on the topic that you brought up do we consider glitches in the game exploiting those cheating because i don't think we should i think if it's in the game code it's you know it's legitimate as long as you're not like going in and changing the code. So like for example, the, the glitches that people use in speed running times and stuff like that. Mm. I think I think that's fair game. But at the same time, they are also two distinct categories: glitched runs and non-glitched runs. So there is they are fair game in 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 some ways, but you also have to be upfront. Yeah, yeah, of course, from, from the speed running perspective, but but. Putting the speed running to one side, would you call that cheats? Yeah, but there's no necessarily moral thing on cheats, right? Like, I, I think it. I'm it, not saying moral or immoral. I'm saying, do you call it a cheat or not? It's really no. It's, it's a really glitch. Straightforward question. It's a glitch. Okay, not a cheat. Yeah, because okay. cheat is is inputting things in, right? Like it's it's like the imposition of something within it. You know what I mean? Like it's like putting in a code. It's like having the assist thing. It's like having the save state. You know what I mean? Whereas like a glitch is like messing with the the structure of the game at least that's how i'm looking at it i don't know if, if yeah. people agree right because like those speedrunners aren't like inputting at the beginning like super fast mode <laughs> you know what i mean um, uh-huh. yeah wow that that backfired because everyone agreed with me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i wonder if we could boomerang this around on you um Uwe, and ask you what your best and worst experiences with cheating have been because i feel like there's maybe a story behind that aspect of the question. No, I mean they are really that's good. two failures for me. That's two for two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually don't play multiplayer, so I don't have much experience with those. And I, obviously, multiplayer cheating, I think it's a hard boundary and, and very different. For example, in uh, Sims or SimCity or that, and in newer games, for example, in Cities of Skylines, there is uh, unlimited money by default in the game. And in the in older games that maybe didn't have that option. I totally used the unlimited money, and then you also start to mess up, mess with, mess around with the, the games. For example, we kind of uh, going around to, to the whole cyber cafe stuff. We used to be all all the people around a single person playing GTA, for example, and with will we used to bind all the all the keys to the to the arrow keys and the mouse. So while one person was playing the game. The other ones were inputting cheats, so kind of pseudo multiplayer experience. So, so this person was, for example, running from the police, and it's like, well, now all cars fly, or now a giant a giant bulldozer is uh, right on top of you, or and kind of messing with the the other person and, and kind of looking for for you know for messing and kind of bothering the, the other. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love that kind of asynchronous multiplayer stuff. It's really clever. Yeah, and I mean, and 
some more people should. I mean, I'm sure that lots of people did that because nowadays for GTA 5, for example, there are mods that kind of randomize. Mm. They are not cheap exactly, but they are the same. Like now you are wanted by the police. Now the cars flow. Now the, all the people are aggressive. Or, and... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going over. No, no. I, I was just saying oh. that I'm sure lots of them will have gotten the idea from doing something similar. Yeah. It's interesting because I do think like the concept, even like Rick, like what you were mentioning before with glitches and cheats, like cheats are almost kind of gone-ish now. Like, you know, you have exploits, mods, Mm -hmm. and glitches. You know what I mean? It's like at this point, the input, this code for this cheat is like very rare now, right? Um, And games are complex enough that you can't really. Because like back in the day, you had Game (laughs) Genies and things like that, didn't you? Where you plug the cartridge in and just mess with the code. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for a fact with GBA emulators and things like that, people share cheats that you can input somehow. Again, it's not something I've done yeah. personally, but I know it's a thing. Um, I, I suppose as the games become more complex and work in different ways, that that no longer is as viable as it might have been. And it just seems or like... I imagine it's nowadays, you've got to mess, mess around with cheat engine, for example, which can be, a, can be a bit iffy depending on what you are looking for. Mm. Well, and with so many games now having online components to it, like even if your game isn't necessarily an online game, there's probably some type of online component that I feel like things that mess with the game are a lot less, you know, like people are less willing to kind of break their games. I mean, back in the day, it's like, you know, you could send out Tony Hawk's Underground and activate moon physics and they're like whatever man you're never updating this thing like you know what i mean do whatever you want break this game who cares you know it's like didn't really matter but i guess now yeah it's kind of a different landscape it's a little little less of a little harder to figure out how everyone's playing if you're just allowing them to do all this stuff but i don't know i like when they let us mess around in their in their creations you know i think i think like the um the reason of how, why some kids like were programming to the game it was like for playtesting purposes, mm. and then they just left it uh, left it there. Like whatever, mm. who's gonna notice? Players notice, and they use them. Yeah. Which uh, no, I'm gonna lie. Like uh, some of the funniest moments while playing at a friend's house mm-hmm. is from uh, playing DDA uh, with the cheat codes. Um, we pretty much compete who uh, either like oh, who can like survive uh, for the longest time or who can get like to was it like five or five stars I five think stars yeah um yeah yeah the five stars uh, by casting chaos <laughs> or like whatever stupid shenanigans we were like up to at that time uh, we actually like try to make things explode or die in creative ways uh, <laughs> on that game. And uh, those were good times. Good times. It was just pure chaos whenever uh, we uh, we sat with, uh, with GTA, I think it was three at the time. Yeah. The GTA games are like the monarchy of cheats. Like, it's just like, those are the games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And about what Paula said uh, about the developers of the game, I think that's the whole Bethesda strategy. Their, mm. their, games are, their games are broken as fuck, but no matter how much it breaks, you can just pull up the terminal and fix whatever it's broken. So, in some sense, yeah, they have all that extra leeway of people will not be as frustrated because they play who is not 
broken, they can always, no matter what breaks, they can always fix it via the terminal. So they've never removed it. Yeah. But, I mean, for the, for the multiplayer. Bethesda live in a very privileged position as well, where they know their community will fix their game. Also, <laughs> it is not, not it is not a bug; it's a feature. Oh, <laughs> <God>. amazing! <laughs> I don't know. That's a. I think that's a good place to to wrap up on that one. Um, I am sorry. No, that was great. I mean, I did have one memory. <laughs> like you were talking about multiplayer games, of Fall Guys. I remember I was playing it once, and I was doing the going up the mountain thing, and all of a sudden I look next to me, and this guy's just going. Like up the hill, just <laughs> flying up there, his little guy flapping, and I went, mm, "Yeah, that's probably totally normal." Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it first person, but I know there's been cheats in that one. There's people who give themselves like mega jumps. So you know the yeah. one where um, all the all the bricks fall away, and you have to find the right path. Yeah, uh, there's people who just like jump and go flying straight over. And it's like, okay, that's. A- I think it was much worse when the game like first started and I believe it's gotten significantly better as time has gone on. But yeah, I'm sure when it hits switch and Xbox, there'll be a whole new round of it. Um, But you know, it was still super fun. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Why don't we head off to, Ooh, a real fun game. Guest the game. Where the aim of the game is to guess the guest's game. Hoo-hoo. Mm. Um, so Uve's picked a game for us, and he's going to tell us the times and then read off uh, some of the notes, or the, well, at least one first of the completion notes. So Uve, take it away. Okay, so main story, that's 15 and a, and a half. Okay. Main plus extra, 25, 23 and a half. Okay. And completion is... 31 and a half hours. Oh. And the notes read. The first one is no DLCs included. <laughs> and <laughs> now I, I have another three that I consider them a pack and I call them the, the duality of man. You'll see. Okay. Uh, the first one reads great storyline. The second one reads uh, piece of shit combat. And the third one reads not much there in terms of quote unquote story but the combat was badass and super fun <laughs> no oh my god can't please everyone um <laughs> i i have a i have a slight oh. a slight thought for this but i'm i'm not entirely sure because this sounds- i'm gonna hail mary guess because i think it feels like it might be shadow of mordor it is what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> That's two for two. How are you doing this, Rick? Damn. Oh, Rick, how? That told me like fucking nothing. <laughs> Do you know what? It's just the times. I had a feeling because I beat it. I 100%ed it in like 33 hours. Oh, okay. So, so you said you... that in the half. Damn like, it. Uh... We're getting all these games that Rick's beaten. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a rule for the next guess. I don't get to guess for like two rounds. That's, 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 that was a good one, though. I love the duality of man. My God. Yeah. Those were good completion oh. notes. <laughs> Great story, bad combat. <laughs> okay, story, good. Co- oh wow, <laughs> fuck, that's good. I thought it was. I, I was actually leaning into the Deus Ex area. I kind of thought it might have been. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was yeah. The, whole, the whole idea of him to say that it was a bit controversial. People have mm. strong different opinions about it. Right? Yeah, I have to. I lean with the story bullshit combat great side of things personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I thought you were messing with me. You won't have heard it in the audio, listeners at home. 
But Uve, when I said it, gave me a little eyeball, and I thought it was messing with you. Like, oh, no, not really. <laughs> oh, wow. That was That's awesome. such a rush. What the fuck? Uh, that was a good one. That was a really good one. All right. Um, let's move on then to... How long to beat the game? I think the you game. just heard a wonderful new little jingle by former guest Dune. Uh, and the creator of our intro and outro music. So every week you hear his beautiful dulcet tones. <laughs> mm, artist name Ian Edwards, if anyone yes. wants to hear him up for stuff of their own. Um, but yeah, so this All right. is your editing week, Alex. So tell yeah. me what, what game. This is a good one, I think. Um, just randomize it. It's Dead Island, the original. Ooh. The Zombie Island game. I have no idea. <laughs> it's a special type of game where the trailer like outperforms the game itself on yeah. every rubric. The trailer for this game was awesome. Like that was a great little short film. Um, the game yeah. itself is fine. Like there are there are some real fans of this game out there. I think. Um, I did enjoy it. Wait, can you yeah. say the name of the game again? I Dead, Dead Island. Island. Oh, Dead Island. Okay. Yeah, Dead Island. Zombie game. You know, it was around that time when. Zombie games are huge. 2011. It, although I feel like was Dead Island. I can't remember if it was riding the wave of zombie stuff or if we were already getting a little tired of zombie stuff at that point. I I feel like it was peak zombie when it came peak, out. Yeah. 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 It definitely was because Walking Dead started in 2010 and this came out in 2011 and that was like zombie mania. And Telltale's The Walking Dead came out around the same time. Yeah. And they were like the trifecta. Yeah. If, if you can count two of The Walking Deads as of the three, but you know. Yeah, I would, yeah. Um, I remember it was open world-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so I'm going to jump in feet first. I feel like it doesn't matter. I won the other game, so it doesn't matter how I this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to put 10 hours for main. And I'm going to put 14 hours for main plus, And that's it. I don't trust myself to guess 100% time on in this one. Yeah. What about 100% look like in the terms of how much content? I haven't got a clue. That's why I haven't guessed. Oh, I see. I see. Say quests. Oh, maybe. Well, in fact, we can pick your brain there because you've played this game. Is it is it open world or is it more linear? It's completely open world. Yeah, I so, played it too. Is the open world big? Is the open world big? Mm, not sure. It, um, it, he's holding his hearts close to his chest. He's playing <laughs> this game to win. But this is so ages ago. Be my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played it back in the Xbox 360. Um, Same. Like, so, 7 and 10 or so. so. Yeah. That's fine. I've, I've cast my... So I'll say main story 7 hours and completionist 15. Main story 7 and you're going to go completionist 15? Did you want a main plus? No, I'm already not very sure about uh, <laughs> completionist. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Ugh, I know. I'm like a little... Ugh. I, I see I remember playing this a bit and I think I retired it because I think this was a pretty big fucking game um, and there was just like so much of like because there's like a day night cycle I think in it um, and it was like nighttime you get screwed I just remembered it's not necessarily a long game I don't think but I, I just kind of felt like it was 
difficult at the very least um, to progress, but I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to do main plus 13 and a half hours. Um, main, I'll do. Those half. I'll do. Uh, 10 and a half hours, maybe. Everyone messing around with these 30 minute intervals, yeah. honestly. All right, are we ready to find <laughs> out? So. Quite possibly, Paolo. Well, hang on, before we go, yeah. did you want to put a half hour? I was going to say, because you put it on my back. So yeah, I'm trying to like to. I want to do the three times, so I'm not entirely sure. So you I want that think oh. that big buffer. So while you're that fishing that, buffer. Rick's got main ten hours, main plus fourteen hours. I'm going with main mm-hmm. ten and a half hours and main plus thirteen and a half hours. Uve's got main seven, one hundred percent fifteen, and Paolo right now has main nine and a half hours, main plus sixteen hours, one hundred percent nineteen and a half hours. All right. Locked in. locked in. I'm scared. Let's do this. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I was right. It's a long game. Main story, 18 and a half hours. Main plus ah, extras, 27 and a half hours. Completionist, 47 and a half hours. Yeah. The half yeah, hours was smart. Oh, it's true here. I knew, yeah. yeah I, just... I, I feel slightly responsible. I feel like I skewed everyone short. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I had, like, dude, I genuinely had no idea. Like, I was like, I just knew it was long. I remember it being, like, a big game, but I never beat it. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mixed it up maybe with uh, the Island Riptide, which is kind of the standalone expansion. Mm-hmm. And that one was pretty short in comparison. Yeah. I mean, I also thought it was this big open world but there's not that, that much to do in it so that you kind of mostly do the main missions but yeah. not the case apparently yeah all right well that's everything for this week thank you for tuning in thank you for joining us Uwe. we'll see, see you again. all next week and that's it toodles <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, bye bye bye